This is Brother Julius Adeomi. I'm going through the Gospel of John. And we are now in the last chapter, chapter 21, which is continuation of the, uh, the drama of the resurrection. After the Lord Jesus resurrected, he was manifesting himself to the apostles, to the disciples in different places, more or less to make sure that they gather together where he wanted them to be for the church to start. Because the Lord wanted to start the church, the body of Christ, for them to begin to preach about, he said, he said they have to wait in Jerusalem. As we see in the other, in the other epistles or in the gospel, as Acts of the Apostles, that he told them to tarry in Jerusalem until they are endued with power from above. That was one of the reasons why, for the first 40 days after he resurrected, he was manifesting here and there, calling those that are particularly he wanted to be there for them to be with the disciples and stay in Jerusalem together. So that the Holy Ghost can come and be poured upon them. But during that 40 day, you know, human beings sometimes people get weary of just waiting. And that happened in the days of even the days of the uh, people in the wilderness. They waited for Moses 40 days in on the mountain and they started grumbling and complaining. They wanted to, uh, uh, they wanted to go. They wanted to go somewhere. That can be a problem. We have to have patience because with God, patience is part of the fruit of the Spirit. So when God says he's going to do something, we have to wait patiently. Sometimes people are waiting for revival. Patience is very important. But while you are having that patience, you need to keep busy doing something. Keep busy doing something. Keeping yourself ready, right. Keeping yourself in line with the Lord. So let's read Gospel of James chapter 21. And you see something that happened there that was being pointed out because our possibility began to say, well, gee, I've got to go back to fishing. Maybe they are thinking of yeah, we're just staying with these people and there's no money to they are feeding us and he felt like I better go back to fishing. And that was really what this chapter was reporting there because it's like a, a limbo. When people are in limbo, they don't know what to do or things are not moving forward like they thought. And that's what we are, we need patience. That's why we are dealing with God. He was told he told Moses, to come to the mountain, I will give you something. And Moses went to that mountain and he was there for 40 days. And he was being inspired those all those 40 days. He was being inspired. Everything he was writing down was inspiration that was making him to write some of those things down. Not that what you got to say, you wrote with his finger, 10 commandments, you can write that in one minute, not so. so. But it's not there for one minute, it's there for 40 days. So that is why we, we, when God is dealing with us, we know to know that we need the patience to walk with him. So it's part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now, chapter 21, let's read. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. Now I've given you a pre a, a, a what do you call it a, a prelude of what we I believe was happening why Peter went to go back to fishing or went to go and fish anyway in the first place. Verse 2. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Canaan in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, 
And two other of his disciples, we are talking about who? Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, the sons of the of, of Sebede, which are two. Now you have uh, two other disciples. So we are talking about seven people. They were always in the you know, Thomas didn't want to be away anymore where he was not there when Jesus Christ manifested. So he was close to wherever Peter and the other people were. So these seven people were out of the eleven. These seven people and uh, Nathaniel was mentioned here uh, as as one of the people that were here. Nathaniel, you remember in Gospel of John chapter one was when Nathaniel was called. But when we are naming the apostles, the word named Nathaniel was not used. So we believe that maybe Nathaniel was also the one called Bartholomew. According to some Bible scholars, I think he was called Bartholomew in that among the apostles. But see, John, who wrote this Gospel of John, they knew him to be Nathaniel. He used the word Nathaniel because he also used the word Nathaniel in the Gospel of John chapter 1. That Philip called Nathaniel also. And he was part of the disciples. But when they were naming the apostles in the Matthew and Mark and Luke, they used Bartholomew as a name. And people believe he's, he's the same thing as Nathaniel. So whether he's the one called Nathaniel is just a, a Bartholomew, but we, we, we take their, their word for it. But this is what Apostle John called him, Nathaniel. So he could, he could be the Bartholomew in that, in that uh, list of apostles that were listed in Matthew. Or in Luke, like Matthew was called Matthew, but he was also called Levi among the among the uh, publicans. Because he was formerly publican, called Levi. He now became Matthew. Some of them have two names, three names, depends on which one somebody is using. Now, verse three. Simon Peter said unto them, "I go a fishing." So it's like about is is the leader in the way, but he is not really. Sure, what we are, what they are waiting for, what, why, why they needed, maybe they needed money and so on. So he felt like uh, he needed to just go off. He, he was, a, was a fisherman by profession, and that's why he decided. Well, Sometimes maybe you should retire. You don't know. Maybe you should just give up the profession and do the right thing. Sometimes you feel like maybe I really need some more resources. So he went back to do some fishing, and that is his, his, his business anyway. You know how to do that. You know where to get the boat. Even if his boat has been sold, you know where it can rent the boat. And you know how to row the boat. And the, the sons of Sebede also were fishermen, their parents were fishermen. So they were familiar with the boat. The others, perhaps, we don't know whether they even know anything. They just we go with you guys. Simon Peter said unto them, I go out fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. So they just, they are like friends now. And they just say, We go with you. So they went forth and entered into a ship immediately. I mean, they went and borrowed a ship. Or maybe Peter already lined up a ship that he was going to, going to use for, 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 for the evening. Because they are talking of evening. So overnight, they did ship fishing in those days. They go in the evening and stay all night because they think the fishes come to eat in the night when, everybody, when the sun is down. And they went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. <laughs> but when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said unto them, Children, he called out the distance to them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. See, they were somewhere on the on the 
on the sea over there, but they are close to the shore, not too far away that somebody yelled, they could hear him. So he was at the shore and the Jacob was at the shore and uh, called out. And, so they would have, maybe this man wanted to buy fish. Also. And they thought maybe it's just somebody that wants to buy fish. If you can have fish, bring it over, I need to buy some. So they oh, we got nothing. So they said, she didn't have any meat. So they asked him, no. Then he gave them some surprise. Say, cast thy net on the right side of the ship and you shall find. You know what? Cast your net on the right side of the ship and you shall find. Almost like a command. They didn't know why they did it. You would have said, oh, what is he talking about? We, we have fish and we have been all night. So they just did it. They cast their for, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. <gasps> wow! They, they now said, oh, somebody come. You don't know what happened to us many years ago, three years ago, Jesus Christ met us. That make that some of the some sensibility. No, they were there when Jesus Christ made Apostle Peter, Simon Peter, to go with his boat to the sea, to the lake, and call for fish, and the fishes jump into the net, and there are so many. They remember that, and that was three years ago, or three and a half years ago. It was this Jesus Christ that was in the boat with them on that day. But this time, Christ has resurrected them. This man at the shore just did the same thing. Cast your net by the side of the, on the right side of the ship, and you will find. Almost like a commander, they didn't know why they did it. They cast their net on the side of the on that side. It's like they have been fishing on this side, and they drag the chief and they're talking, chatting one another. They did on this side, and the man said, "Cast on the right side." Oh, okay. So they talk to this other side of the boat, throw it, and then now they got this this uh, excess of fish. What they call the bounty? They call it whole bounty. So that caught the attention of. John Apostle John or whoever he say, then therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved, we believe he's talking about Apostle John himself. He said the one that Jesus loved is the youngest among them. Said unto Peter, It is the Lord. He was the one that first recognized that look at that, what happened. What a minute. Eh? That was how Jesus did three years ago. And he looked at, at the distance, ah, it is the Lord. Look at him at the distance. You could recognize. The figure that was standing at the shore. So it is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he got his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. You wonder, see, he was naked in the night, and so naked doesn't mean he doesn't have, he have a, maybe a, a underwear we call underwear on. But see, the wind was not too cold, so it was really, maybe, depending on the weather, the wind may not be too cold, it's just like a hot breeze or breeze of the summer so that's why he was having no no not no clothes on just uh, underwear so he cast himself into the into the sea a fisher's coat no, like a like a tea what you call a coat is like a like a what you call uh a float that you put on like a like a vest that's what they call a fisher's coat and he jumped on the feet and swam because he won't he won't he won't sink if you have the vest on but he was swimming but it said, and the other disciples came in a little ship, but they were not far from land. Now, when they say a little ship and they say a boat, you wonder whether they actually have a real ship and then they have this small, small boat like look like Kinos inside ship, or, or the, the old big ship or whatever they call it, called little ship. But I'm assuming that they have a ship that has some small, small Kinos, what we call Kinos now, that they can jump into the Kinos and row faster. 
than try to maneuver the ship itself. But it's a, and the other service came in a little ship, but they were not far from land. But as it was, 200 cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. So the Lord was preparing something for them to have a breakfast together with him there. And then Jesus said unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, and 150 and 30, 153 big fishes. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. So it was like a supernatural because they couldn't, the net would have broken if there are so much fish and they are jumping, trying to get out of the net. They, they, they are, most likely those fish are not trying to jump out of the net. I, I, I imagine that you say, sometimes you say, anybody wants to go and see God and the fish say, we, me, me, want to go and see God. And they jump into the, fish, the net and they jump to the net to go see God. When you are going to see God, you are going to die also. So they were all just in the net waiting to see the Son of God. So, the Lord can speak to fish, you know that. So now we are at the point where Peter draw this net to the shore. And Jesus said unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples just asked him, Who are thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. So they would say, Apostle Paul, John was with them because many times when you, after the Lord resurrected, he was coming in different feasts. But when he come, they know it was him. In different faces. Because he was not showing them his, his finger or sand that is pierced with nails. But he's come like a master authority. So they know it was the Lord. And that, even many times, we will see the Lord in your visions. And you, you wonder whether, but he come with the authority of a, of a teacher, of instructing you. You know it is the Lord. That's how we know it's the Lord is talking to us, even in dreams and in visions. It's not every time they show himself to us in vision that we have to see nail prints in his hand and uh, nail prints in his feet. That is a manifestation of himself when he wants to manifest as this is how he was when he was crucified. But he has manifested himself to me personally in many other forms in dreams and in visions that I don't even see nail prints. It's just like if a, a, an authority talking to me that this needs to be done. And I know it was the Lord. Not another person that is sent. Not another, but the Lord. But I didn't have to say, let me see your hand. Is this you? No. It is the Lord. So that's why they were seeing different faces of him. Because he can manifest without showing a, a nail print. Because I believe that nail print that you see the whole body with nail prints in his hands and his feet. And that one in his side that I said that he manifested to me. He was showing this position as high priest. After the other Melchizedek, the same body that he wore now that was crucified, he could show that, but he could also just show himself like a master that's instructing us to do something. And we don't need to say, well, let me see whether it is you. No, it is the Lord. That's, not, that's how he, that's why they were not saying, they say, no, they were not even asking whether it was, who is this? No, they don't, they just know it's the Lord. And that is how the Lord has been showing himself over the centuries. You see me, you know, you see me, you know it's the Lord. Now, verse 13 says, Jesus then cometh and take a bread and give it them, and fish likewise. 
This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. That's verse 14. Verse 15 says, So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Now this last section of it where he was directing attention to Simon Peter was because Simon was trying to divert to fishing. And Lord wanted to reorient him that, look, I need you here now. Forget about the, your profession as a fisherman. I need you here right now to do what I need all of you to do. So that is what this discussion is all about in this last part. That's why the Lord came to corner them at the at the at the lake at the at the sea where they are trying to do fishing. But that was his original profession. And there have been many testimonies that there was a minister that said he was formerly a pastor, and the Lord said, "I didn't even call you to be a pastor. You should go and be preaching like an evangelist from church to church." And he did that for a while. It looked like it's not working out well for him because he was not getting the right kind of donations, money that we provide for him and his family. He wanted to go back to pastor. The Lord has to corner him. And know this is what I want you to do. And the Lord finally taught him how to undo that profession, how to undo that uh, funding and financing that he needed. So that's why I say sometimes the Lord will corner somebody when he needed you here. And you are trying to go there because that's where you are, that's your comfort zone. Your comfort zone is just your profession. And a comfort zone for that man is a pastor because they paid him as a pastor. He was paid a salary and so on and so forth and enjoyed that. And God wanted him here to be doing from church to church or preaching from as the evangelist teaching. So that is what I mean by sometimes people want the comfort. Everybody likes to be in the comfort zone. If God wants you over here, it may be tough for a while, but God will provide or make you stand there, but he, he needed you there. So we need to find out what the Lord wanted us to do and stay there, no matter how tough it looks like. So that was what the Lord did to Peter here. He came to corner them. And you see, he was only addressing Peter because Peter was the one that led all of them over here. He just said, we follow you, not so. So the Lord wanted to make Peter know that, no, I want you here for, for this ministry, for this job that's going to start. Verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus said unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than this? What do you, what do you think love meant by that? Lovest thou me more than this? More than what? More than this? That is, as long as I'm making bread and making fish by miracle, you everybody's excited. It's like free gift, free gift. The Lord is multiplying, multiplying food. Is that all? That's why you love me? If I'm providing, you love me, but if I couldn't provide now, you'll be angry. Also, that's why I said, love that more than this, more than eating together, I'm providing fish, I'm providing bread. He said unto you, Lord, I thou knows that I love you. He said, okay, now feed my sheep, feed my lambs. So God is telling him that this is what I need you to do for me. Feed my lambs. That is going to be teaching. Lambs are the disciples, the sheep, the lambs. The little ones are the lambs that are just converted. The sheep are the ones that are there for consequence. They feed them. Feed them means teach them the word of God. Because Apostle Peter, being an elder, God has already put something in his heart that he was already searching the scripture himself. When the logical said that flesh and blood has not revealed to you, but my father has revealed it to you. Apostle Peter was able to understand the scriptures because perhaps he has been stepping aside and studying the scriptures and saying, Yes, that means to be able to say, Thou are the Christ. That means the Holy Ghost. I've been moving upon them and making him to see clearer, see clearer that made him to be able to proclaim that confession before Jesus Christ said, Whom do men say that I am? 
And the, some, some say you are a liar. Some say you are John the Baptist. Resurrected. Some say you are just one of the prophets. Say, Whom do you say that I am? And Jesus, Bible said, Apostle Peter, Simon Peter was the born that was born. Not say, Thou art the Christ. And Jesus Christ said, Hmm, my father has revealed that to you. So then you know that the Lord has recognized that the anointing is upon Peter to teach and to lead and to search for more scripture. So the Lord says, I need you to do that here. Feed my people, feed my lamb. You are going to be the one to be leading in the teaching of the disciples that he has already converted and those that are going to come later. So that's why the Lord cornered him and said, I need you here. Feed my lambs. They said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Judas, lovest thou me? So the first one said, Lovest thou more than this? I'm providing. Yeah, I love you, Lord. Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. So you are going to be feeding both the unique one and the other one that are already in the, in the fold. You're going to be feeding them with the word of God. That's the feeding we are talking about. But he said it the third time because he's like, you know, drumming it in, drumming it into your ear. This is what I want for you. At least at the amount of two or three witnesses. So he said it the first time, said it the second time, said it the third time. That make Peter to begin to almost weep. So Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said this has to be of, out of love, Lana, because you look at what Christ has come to establish on that. A kingdom. And you get 12 apostles down and they could have gone back to their business and just forget about your kingdom. But see, this is important to God. This work, this kingdom is important to God. That's the only way you want to save mankind. It is important to God. So he said, you have to do it out of love for me. Not out of fear, I'm afraid. If I don't do it, he's going to kill me. No, it's out of love. I love him. I must help him get this thing done. Help him fulfill. It's like somebody building a house. And you can say, well, I need to help him get this thing completed. Why? Because I love him. I love this thing he's trying to do. So he said, love thou me. Yes, I love you. Lord. Feed my lamb. This is the first part you are going to be doing, to feed them. So it's like, this is so important that God himself start this initiation to start this kingdom so anybody that love him want to see this thing successful and completed so we are to work for god out of love for him love for the thing he instituted love for the kingdom he has started we want to show that we love this thing he has started and we are ready to help him get it successful so that is why it's not something you can say well if i don't see anybody that uh, that we Having, I'm just going to cancel this project. God is not ready to cancel this project he started when Christ came. He's not going to cancel it. He's not ready to cancel it. This is something of the ages that he has already seen the end from the beginning, of course. He said in the book of Revelation chapter 22, say it is done, not it will be done. It is done. But we that he's calling to that phases of it to participate, we have to work out of love to get our, our own part done. I won't pass, get it done so that we out of love for him that this is a kingdom that needs to establish upon the earth and we are part of this kingdom we want to serve out of love for the Lord that we don't want this thing to fail we don't want this thing to fail so he said love it thou me third time to Peter Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time love it thou me and he said to him Lord thou knowest all things thou knowest that I love thee Jesus said unto him feed my sheep so at the matter of two or three witnesses, every word should be established. So he told Peter this third time, feed my sheep. 
verse 18 of Gospel of John chapter 21. Now he was going to tell him, so must say, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou guardest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall guard thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. I want to tell him that, look, I am to lead you from now on. You may, I may lead to where you don't want to go. Just like someone that is old. You have been doing this by saying, just guard yourself and go where you want to go. But from now on, I'm going to be leading you. you. Just follow me. That's what is this parable is saying. That it's like an old man that needs to be guarded by somebody else and be carried away. He doesn't, cannot do it himself now. They carry him to wherever he doesn't want to go there. They carry him there. The doctor says you have to visit. And so on and so forth. So that's why he's using that parable of when you shall be old, somebody will guard you and carry you away. So now from now from this time forward, Jesus Christ is telling Peter, I am the one that's going to be guiding you, directing you where you may not even want to go. You have to follow me if you love me. That's what he was telling Peter. And then the apostles, because this was really many years after this thing was happening, not, not recorded just when he was saying it. Was reported in this book by a gospel of John, maybe 20 years later, maybe 30 years later, who knows? But what was Apostle John was writing what they believe he was saying here was nothing. This speak is signifying by what death he should glorify God. Now that's why I say this was written long after after this was said. Maybe it was even written long after Peter was killed in Rome. It could be because he was saying signifying what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to Peter, follow me. Then Peter turning about, so he said, he told Peter to follow him. And he stood up and was going and Peter was following. Then Peter turning about, seeing the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which he see that betrayed him. So he was trying to say, that disciple that Jesus Christ loved that was asking Jesus in, on the supper, that which, oh, he betrayed you. Which we believe was Apostle John, because in the end he said, "This is the disciple that wrote this." Thing. So he was he, he he failed to follow them also. Now he said seven of them, and they were all eating. And Jesus Christ faced Peter and asked him this question: "Do you love me? Keep my feed my lamb." And they said, "Follow me." And he stood up and started going. And Peter started following him because he said, "Peter is what is so following also." But the other seven, or the other six, were still there. Sitting down, watching what's going on. You know where he was leading him to. But Apostle John, perhaps the disciple that he said, his disciple that the Lord Jesus Christ loved, felt in his spirit to follow. So he jumped up and started following Peter. And Peter was following the Lord. So Peter looked back and saw this disciple following. And he wanted to find out from Jesus that what about him? Do you want him to follow us too? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Like he was asking about this man because he's like, he's telling Peter to follow him. Most likely, most likely leading him to somewhere. But this man was following Peter. He said, well, what, what, what about this man? What will he do? So Jesus said to him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to do? Follow the army. So his mother said, just do what I say to you. Forget about the other person. You wonder, what about this other Five that are left sitting down there, and they waiting and waiting, or are they just packing the fish? So we don't know what they were doing, but the Lord was dealing with individual. He's giving Peter an example there. When I am leading you, don't try to forget. Don't try to 
say, what am I doing with the other person? Just, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to lead that person differently. I'm going to lead that person differently. Every person is to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what is, this one is teaching us. Every individual person is to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Not follow Peter. Not follow uh, Apostle this or Reverend Father this or Evangelist Julius. No, Jesus. Every individual of us must follow Jesus. Be able to hear from Jesus. Be able to be led by the Spirit of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Not as many as are led by the person that is led by the Spirit of God. No, you are to be led by the Spirit of God. I have to be led by the Spirit of God. I am to hear from the Lord. I am to follow Him. You are to hear from the Lord to lead you. So that is exactly what the Lord is saying. Don't worry about this one that is following. The Lord is going to take care of that one by Himself. Just follow me. Say, what, if I will, that is tarry till I come. Now, that is what they were debating. What does that mean by if I will, that is tarry till I come? Somebody that's Apostle John who is going to write what they thought he meant. Then when this saying are brought among the brethren that that disciple should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him he shall not die. But if I will that he tarry till I come. What is that to them? Now people assume that he meant until I come back in the second coming. Or it could also mean till I come back to these five people that are left there. Because I mean that. It's just if I will as a time shall I come. What is that to do? But according to all of them, thinking about the third he meant, till I come back the second time. If I will as a time shall then, What is that to do? But that's why they say, he's not going to die. That boy that will not die. But see, he said, he didn't say he did not die. He said, if I, if I will as a time shall I come. What is that to do? So only the Lord knows what he meant by what he said. But so for this is the disciple which testify of these things. That disciple that the Lord said, if I will, that he tarries like come. What is that to me? He said, this is the disciple which testified of these things and wrote these things as the Apostle John also. And we know that his testimony is true. So Apostle John was the one that wrote this thing. So he said, his disciple that just can say, if I will, and at the end, when they were all being persecuted, Apostle John was reported that he, they tried to kill him in Rome, in Rome and the crew killed him until they exiled him to hire a passport. So that makes to be that this thing was fulfilled in Apostle John that he almost did not die. But according to the book of Eusebius that we read, he said he was, uh, he finally was released from an Isle of Patmos and he finally died of a whole age and so on and so forth. But we don't know much about that. Verse 25, and there are also many other things which Jesus did that if they will be written, everyone, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. Yes, let me resummarize this last chapter of Gospel of John, chapter 21, because I was trying to com complete it. Now, he said, Apostle John, who wrote this book from verse 21 of Gospel of John, chapter 21, he said, Peter, Peter seen Apostle John, or the, the disciple who said to the Lord Jesus Christ, who betrayed him. Said him and said unto Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? Verse 22 said, Jesus said unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. And I'm saying, the Lord is teaching us by this that every individual of us is to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to be led by the Spirit of God, not by the pastor, not by the prophet, not by somebody else leading us. And that's why sometimes. Even women don't too much interrupt your husbands 
everybody is to be led by the Spirit of God. Say, if I will that eternity like come, what is that to do? That Peter, you just follow what the Lord is leading you to do. Leave Apostle John to himself and God is going to lead him. And we believe that actually the Holy Ghost already moved up Apostle John to follow them. That's why he jumped up and started following them. The Christ said, if I will that eternity like come, what is that to do? That is, you just let, be led by the Lord and don't worry about what the other brother is doing or will do. But he said, when it comes to the household, a family, husband and wife should be following the Lord. If the Lord is leading the head, so the wife should be following. That's really very important also to point out so that the woman will say, well, the Lord leading me this way and the husband is leading this way. That is not the black eye when you look at it. It is the, the, the Lord leading. That's why I say they are one. It will become one when it comes to husband and wife. But now, uh, the, this, uh, this story about Apostle John said, when the Lord Jesus Christ said, if I will, they were now thinking, then when this when then when this saying abroad among the brethren that that disciple should not die say yeah jesus said not he will not die he said jesus said not that he will not die he said if i will that he tarry till i come what is that to do that is the lord has the, op, op, the option to do whatever he likes to do as well for any individual look at the story of elijah the prophet he died, I mean, Elijah the prophet, he was taken away in the chariot of fire also. But Elisha, who was the prophet after Elijah, he sincerely decided that he get double portion of anointing of Elijah. And we believe, and he said, God is not so, because Elijah said, well, if you see me when I'm taking from you, you will get it. If you don't see me, you will not get it. So we believe that Elisha got the double portion. Now, if it is anointing that is going to make people disappear and not die, then Elisha should have also disappeared. But no, it is according as the Father, as the Lord wills in everybody's life. So Elisha grew, grew old and died. So it's not the double portion or triple portion or seven portion. People say, oh, I want the seven spirits of God. Oh, I want the seven spirits of God. That's not the what's going to do anything. It is what God desires for you. What God planned and is predestination for you. So Elisha, that's why I bring the story of Elisha. Elijah was taken away in the rapture, in the, in, the, in the chariot of fire. And a double portion of his anointing came upon Elisha. And he didn't go away in any chariot of fire. He grew old and died. So it is not a matter of anointing. It is a matter of what God has planned for every individual person. So when you see there, he said that, If I will that eternity I come, what is that to the follow that? Christ is just telling Peter, just do what I am leading you to do. Forget about John or Thomas or Philip or James. Everyone will be led the way the Lord wants them to be led individually. God is leading individually. Think of that. Just as the church started, who was the first one to be killed? James, the brother of John, of the sons of Sebedee. He was the first one to be killed. And not that God couldn't deliver him. That was what God planned in his life. So that's why this is very important that we know that we are to follow the leading of the Lord and individually hear from the Lord. Amen. Verse 24 says, This is that disciple which testified of these things and wrote these things and, uh, and we know that his testimony is true. Verse 25 is the last verse of Gospel of John chapter 21. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, which if they should be written everyone, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Apostle John put that one there like 
Uh, he just summarized what was done here, but many other things that were done that even the work cannot contain, which talking about what he has done before he came, what he has done after he came. When the work can't contain the books because every writer was writing about the, about God. Not so. All the prophets were writing about him. I have written some few books just from little few years of experience. Look at what people have been written about the Messiah, about his kingdom for centuries. The work cannot contain all those books. Because it's the same the Lord is doing it. Whether he's sending this man to write it, or sending that writer to write it, or sending that scribe to write it, it is the Lord that's still writing all those things. If everything that he said he did was to be written, the world said cannot contain the book. God bless you. This is the end of the Gospel of John that we are going through. And I believe God has touched your heart that give your life to Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comment unto the Father but by him. Like Baruch said, there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Actually, the apostles mentioned that chapter 4, verse 12. So, if you are a believer, hold firm to Jesus. Follow him till the end. Don't deny him because he has given us the Holy Spirit to help us. If you are not a believer, that listen to this because you enjoy the teaching. I ask you to give your life to Jesus. Ask him to come into you. I say, Lord Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart and give me the new birth. I confess that you died for me on the cross and you rose again for my justification. And I confess you as my Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I belong to you from today. Just surrender to him like that in your heart, in your mind. And he's listening. He's listening. He's everywhere. And he will touch you and you will be saved and you will have the new birth, the new life. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become sons of God. And he said, anyone is in Christ, is a new creature. All things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. And you become new in your spirit. A new spirit is Created in you and in all, in any world that is born again. A new spirit is given to us and we have eternal life. God bless you. Amen.